good Thursday evening. <laughs> I had to think about it. Uh, you got birds in the warpath in the background. Yeah, let me let me take care of that. Hold on, do that. What's up, folks? How y'all doing? It's another edition of DC Sports Rundown. Uh, we got some commanders talk today. A lot of commanders talk today. Um, just got to take care of a few things before we get started for, from a sound standpoint, and then it's on the way. Um, but a couple things you want to think about um, that we've been we're going to ask about today. Um, like three big question marks about this team going into camp. Uh, we're going to talk about Julie Donald Donaldson. Um, being relieved of some of her duties, um, and what does that entail? And then we're also going to go into um, three position groups. So just sit back, relax. We're going to do like we always do on a Thursday. It's the D.C. Rundown with your boys, the big guy KG over there, and I'm the Midnight Rider. Let's go. All right. Uh, I had to step off for a minute because I didn't know I was picking up all of that. But <laughs> <that's what laughs> up. She, she uh, wanted all the smoke. Yeah, well, hey, hey, me. Um, but before we jump off into this DC Sports Rundown, uh, today is July 27th. <sighs> Tough day for me. I'll say that. Uh, 30 mm. years ago today, 30 years, 30 years, Reggie Lewis passed away uh, at Brandeis University while he was just casually shooting baskets. Um, I always call 93 the worst summer of my life. And just a quick um, quick rundown of why I say that. Uh, 93, of course, I know the Midnight Rider get a kick out of this, but the Fab Five lose to uh, UNC. That's the year to timeout. Okay? You lose the UNC. That was not, that wasn't even the summer, but that was just like, that bad patch. <clears throat> so that was what? April. We come down to June. June 4th, I lose my uncle on a Friday. Uh, then June 7th, one of my favorite players in NBA, uh, Drazen Petrovic, is killed in a car accident. Uh, the end of June, I lose one aunt. I lose one of my grandmother's sisters. Uh, middle of July, I think it was a, the 21st of July, I lose another one of my grandmother's sisters. So we come into July 27th. Her funeral was on the 28th. I'll never forget it. We were sitting at the old PG hospital, hospital I was born in. Uh, my aunt had burnt her arm. She was putting away some chicken grease and put it, it was still hot. She put it in the glass a glass jar and when she went to go wipe it it's slit the, the, the glass jar clean off burned her form pretty bad so we were at the hospital for that and i remember sitting in the emergency room talking to Dwayne. and okay. we were there and the 10 o'clock news came on and it said basketball star reggie lewis passes away early today and i i remember sitting up like what and we were sitting in the back of the we were sitting away from the tv so I went and got up close to the TV and I was devastated. I was hurt because I'm like, 
Reggie Lewis, Celtics, Boston, you know, Baltimore. This is this is a local cat to me. You know, this is a dude that I've heard stories about. Uh, shoot, for as long as I can remember, because my uncle used to always tell me about how good that Dunbar team was in Baltimore with Muggsy, uh, Reggie Williams, David Wingate, Reggie Lewis was on that team. They went undefeated. They won the best high school teams uh, uh, locally to give anybody the business. They went undefeated one year, and I think they lost two games a year before that. So I think they had like a good three-year run. But I remember hearing about this, and I've always been a Reggie Lewis fan. And for that to happen, it was quite possibly that was the end of the worst summer of my life. I haven't had a summer as bad, not even close, and I don't want to. But uh, 30 years ago today, we lose Reggie Lewis. And we sit there and we think, and I've done so many what-if shows. What if Lynn Bias would have lived? They picked Reggie Lewis. They would have took. They would have carried the Celtics from 87 probably into the 2000s. See, that's funny. It's funny One. you say that because I don't. I think if they have them biased, I think Reggie Lewis becomes redundant. So Reggie Lewis ends up having his career somewhere else, as opposed to in Boston. Like you know, I mean, this is one of those things where you know you you talk about stuff like the quantum verse, the the spider verse, you know, like the chain reaction from that. Um, what's the movie where the guys on the radio and like he's talking to somebody that's in the future and. Like they start doing stuff and like changes the way the world. I mean, we can even go back to um, Back to the Future and how like the picture started disappearing when his mother was going, um, was more attracted to him than to his dad. So just little things like that we talk about, but that kind of has the thing of, you know, if there's Lynn, is there Reggie? Um, what happens in that stretch with Lynn and Larry? How much does Larry play? Larry become a role player with that back and extend his career another five or ten years? Well, to be honest, your first question was, does you know does Reggie become a Celtic? I say yes because he was local. He went to Northeast University. So that's they knew about him when nobody else did because they got to watch all that. So I say yes, he still would have wound up a Celtic. Um as far as what happens with Larry, uh, Larry said that when Lynn came, he was like, I would have hung it up at 88. He said, I was done. He was like, I knew I was done. They wanted to detach my Achilles and take the bone spurs out. He's like, I was done. But I think it would have prolonged Mikhail's career. And there is no prolonging Robert Parrish's career. Robert Parrish had a long, fruitful career. Right. Uh, but I think it would have it would have prolonged that career of with Lewis, you put Reggie at the two and Lynn at the three. That's your one-two punch right there. And then you think you're gonna, you you'll get D Brown. You would have had Sherman Douglas coming off the bench. You would have had some talent. Boston had talent, but they just couldn't. They were a playoff team in the early 90s. It's just that once Larry retired, uh, Reggie was supposed to take over and then he got sick. He passed out in that hawk and that uh that hornets um series. Mm-hmm. So and he was done, he was killing them then. I think what he had 
I want to say 17 points in 13 minutes. And he was dogging them. He was killing them. Like it was nobody's business. But I, I, it's always what if. And this is this is one of the things that kind of it takes me down a road. Because I started talking about the boss itself, started talking about Lynn Bias, Reggie Lewis. My cousin Robert was a big Boston Celtics fan. He said, all this talk you, you do talking about Boston, I'll be, be wondering, are you really an undercover Boston fan and not a Bulls fan? No, I'm a Bulls fan through and through. But I got an appreciation for the legacy that is the Celtics and the legacy that is the Lakers because that rivalry and those teams are the reason why we have what we have. So you got to give appreciation to it. And I love discussing it. And, you know, you go, you go through, and you just be like, "Man, uh, well, if that all would have happened, and if you think about it, Boston had some lean years in a couple in a couple decades, but it was only like a year or two, and then they bounced back and they in the finals. They win the cha- they won a championship in every decade except the nineties. And I always said the greatest matchup of the nineties." Jordan and Pippen versus Bias and Lewis. I think that would have been a, a dominant matchup in the East. Uh, would Jordan have six championships? Probably not. Probably not. I think he would have five. But I think Houston wouldn't have won those two. Because I think Boston would have been too strong for him. But then if you think about it and you, you you keep moving and you keep going into the into the Spider-Verse, Paul Pierce was drafted in 98. And it would have been like you just keeping the tradition going. You drafted another two-guard small forward to fill in the role. And you just kind of keep going. Keep going. You just rebuilding. You got Antoine Walker. So you would have had, damn. You wouldn't, been, you wouldn't have been in position with all those guys. You're talking about guys that got drafted in the lottery. Because Boston yeah. was bad. They true. That's true. And I'm, I'm, but I'm thinking of, you know, Antoine Walker. I'm like, you would have had all that, but see, I'm going too far. I'm right. jumping too far ahead of myself. Right. And, but I always say if history stayed the same, but they live. And, but if I say history stayed the same. But you can't understand the same because the, no. the ultimate, the ultimate X factor is what they would have done as a team all those years. Exactly. So you wouldn't have gotten Antoine Walker when you're 56 and 24 or whatever the record is, and you're finishing third in the in the East or second in the East. So it kind of plays itself out. That's why I say it's that ultimate what if in that guessing game. But you always got to put the dominoes in place because none of dominoes fall differently. Yeah, and that that is absolutely positively <laughs> true because I. I I've sat down and I've thought about so many scenarios, man. Being honest, I can't say that it would have turned out right, but damn it, it would have been pretty good. Um, Reggie Lewis last season, he played 80 games. Uh, he only he didn't shoot threes really well, but he 48%, I'm sorry, 47% from the field, 86 from the line. That was a career high that year. Uh, 3.7 assists, career high. 4.3 uh, rebounds, stealing the half, career high. And he averaged a career high 20.8 points a game. And that was just going to go up. That, that was definitely going to go up. 
Uh, yeah, he had 17 points in 13 minutes in that in that last playoff game. That was game one. 17 points in 13 minutes. And to think, he was the bridge. Reggie Lewis is actually the bridge between those 80s Celtics teams into the 90s because he played with DJ, he played with Bird, he played with McHale, he played with Parrish. And he was going to be the one that took all that lesson, all those lessons that those guys dropped. He was supposed to bring it on to the next. So uh not going to get too too deep into it because I know I feel it already. I feel the emotions coming. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to leave it off that. And uh, just say rest in peace. Continue rest in pe- to rest in peace, Reggie Lewis. Uh, all those detractors and people that got so much to say uh, in books and uh, sports publications when, you know, you want to say something. <laughs> like my mother used to say, sucking eight. All right. Now. We got training camp starting. NFL training camp for the Washington Commanders have started. Uh, started all around the league. We got a couple of injuries uh, before we get started with the Commanders. Uh, Jalen Ramsey commits six to eight weeks with knee surgery for a meniscus issue. Joe Burrow went down with a calf issue. Say it's a strained calf. But from the tape, it looked like when he was trying to run, it looked like he was either trying, he either caught a Charlie horse or it was one of those ones where. You just felt some tightness, and he pulled up. So I can see that being a couple weeks, and then him getting some rest because he really don't need too much work anyway. True. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I'm not a medical expert, but I play one on TV. When Kevin Durant had a strained calf, we went in depth. I'm talking about we went in depth, pulled up medical charts, everything. There's a difference between a sprain, a pull, and a straight and a uh, and a, a sprain, a pull, and a strain. There's differences. Okay. A sprain is swelling around the around the muscle and everything. A pull is when you pull the muscles too tight. I mean, too far. It hurts. A strain is actually a slight tear. It's a slight tear in the muscle. And normally, when people have calf strains, depending on what area the calf strain is. You have to watch that Achilles because if it's a lower calf strain, it push, puts pressure on the Achilles. And I said this before Kevin Durant came back. And if you don't believe me, we can pull up the tape. I said, Kevin Durant actually has a partially torn Achilles. I said, he needs to rest. When he came out and he had ice on his lower calf, I said, that's not a calf strain. He has a partially torn Achilles. He does not need to come back. They rushed him back. What happened? towards Achilles. Now, if this is a calf strain, rest and recuperation is the best friend. You got two weeks of camp, then you got three weeks of uh, of, of, of preseason games. Rest. Mm-hmm. Take your time and rest. Get it uh, get it massaged and, and stretched out and work so it doesn't well, well, you, don't want, you don't want Ohio quarterbacks getting massages. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna say some yeah. things you gotta be careful with. Those Ohio guys is, I mean, there's one in particular. Ah, mm. You talk about massages. I don't know, buddy. Mm. But no, this that medical report was brought to you by KG and our sponsors, not a damn soul. So you just wanna never mind. 
shit. But you gotta, you gotta, I'm not going there with you. You gotta rest. Um oh man. Uh what's going on, Ross? There's a comment. Get in on this thing, man. Uh we There's another comment. <laughs> Take no referrals from Deshaun. Well, oh. Lower Esteban. Lower. <laughs> If you've never seen a uh, family guy, you wouldn't understand it. So why he was telling Esteban to go lower. So anyway. All right. Anyway, coming back home, bringing it back because we're not going off the rails. Not this early, at least. Um, The Midnight Rider asked six. Well, he asked. Oh, two no, 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 no. Let's go back to the other thing first. Let's Wait, take care uh, of Julie first. Okay. Julie Donaldson. She has been relieved of some of her duties and i just been read I, I'm, I'm a comment reader i love to read comments i love to hear what people have to say about certain things and i didn't like the comments uh but she's been relieved of her senior vice president of broadcasting duties she'll still excuse me she'll still be on the radio broadcast and the booth and everything but her contract was not renewed is what it is so uh her, so her weekly content her running the digital side of that isn't is 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 no longer, but she's still with the team in the capacity of game day broadcast. Is the right. way I, I read it. Yes. Now here's the thing. Everybody's saying, "Well, why did Ron do this?" Ron does not handle the office side. That's the office side. That's Jason Wright. And I'm hearing some rumblings and mumblings. Don't know how true it is, so take it as a grain of salt. But what I'm hearing is Jason may not be back next year. Why'd you put May? I don't think he's back next year. I mean, I think I think they're gonna come in and whatever they can do. Um, and yes, the radio booth is the same as far as we know for right now. Yeah, it's gonna be uh Julie Bram and London. And I'm not sure. And uh Logan Paulson, is he gonna be on the sidelines? He's gonna do pre I think he was sidelined last year. Okay. So, but we got time because that might change. If that doesn't change this year, that'll definitely change next year. Um, but this guy is, has a sports franchise. So he has guys that do content. And maybe there's a guy on the Sixers side that he loves, but he's the assistant content person. So why not bring him here for content? You know, you may have a president somewhere that he may not know football, but he knows the business side and you can keep, your business structure, and then um, also, if you look at the Redskins slash Commanders website, I think beside Ron Rivera's name, it just says head coach. Doesn't say anything else. So I think there's some things that they're going to start moving away from, and they're definitely moving away from this coach centric thing because it's not in their belief system. And I think Ron can have success and stay as the head coach, but I think they'll still do something. Um, Anyway, and I think this is a great point. There is a disconnect between Ron and Jason, but I think that disconnect is more so because you got two guys trying to fight, two alphas trying to fight the show. Who's who's the alpha? Who's the one running the show? Because you got you got new people coming in, so you got to put on the best show for them so they can keep you around. And I think that's why they kind of um, kind of had some words or kind of going in different directions because they were both trying to establish their dominance. Here's the thing. Now, this is just 
Ross says uh, there's a disconnect between Ron, Jason and Ron. Remember the comments earlier this year. I've heard not trusted source, just a source. You know, the streets are talking. Players is watching. Which is all in your shit. That's the cause of it. What do you know? I mean, here we go. The dynasty. Rockefeller Records. Um. Anyway, what I'm hearing is Ron may not be the coach in 24. Eric Bieniemy may be your head coach. Ron may move over to the business side and take Jason Wright's job and become president. That that that's something I heard. It's a theory. I don't like. I said take it as a grain of salt. But if it happens, remember you heard it here first. That's number one. Number two. If Julie Donaldson is no longer the SVP, Senior Vice President of Broadcasting, uh, that means she's not doing Command Center. Uh, like you said, the, 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 the daily stuff, she's not doing any of that. You have to bring in somebody to do that, number one. Number two, are we going to see another reshuffle of the broadcast booth for uh, – Regular season, not preseason, because preseason, you know, it's like whoever's available. But regular season, do you think we're going to see a reshuffle? I don't think you're going to see it now. I think I think everything's in place. Like he said in one of his presses, like we're too far. The can is too far down the road for us to, to make um, changes right now. Because then you'd have to get, you know, whoever the play-by-play person is, you had to get some kind of chemistry with him and two other people, and you only got three weeks to do it. Yeah. Normally, when you change your booth or anything like that, you start you make that change early. You may not announce it till right before training camp, but you won't. You you don't you don't just start that because you're doing testing. You you got guys calling dummy games on you know and seeing how they sound, seeing how they mesh. So I don't see that change until next year. And I think he kind of even made said that. Um, I just and then with the wrong going upstairs. I might be wrong. I just don't see a wrong going upstairs move because I don't think analytically he is what they want. I think we're going to get some 39, 40-year-old guy um, with a pocket protector um, and, like, he just built his own computer. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be one of the smartest guys in the room, um, and I think he's going to be the person that takes them into the future. Now, Ron may stay on his advisor, but I think the only way Ron stays, and this is why the only reason I think he's going to be the head coach next year is if this team plays well, then I think you got to keep him as the head coach. But you can do everything else you want in terms of team president and um, the assistant coach. I mean, not the assistant coaches, but the um, the front office. Uh, oh, let's get to the comments because Ross is on point. He, he on point as usual. Remember, I said that Ross said Eric was going to be our coach and Ron was going to be kicked upstairs. Ross did say that. He, he did. did say that. And I, I and I turned around and said exactly what I just said again. Yeah, he said that. Uh, and he hoped that we, when we talking about the shakeup of the broadcast team, he says, I hope so. I'm not a fan of Bram. He, Bram Weinstein, I love I loved his show when he was on 980 for a little while. He's it was pretty good. Still huh? I think he still he, does a show on 630. Yeah, on oh, six thirty. No, he was on nine eighty. He was pretty good on nine eighty. Oh, uh, okay. I, 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 I was. 
it was missing something. But you got to realize that two to four block is some big shoes to fill. You you, you got to fill the shoes of a legendary dude that was six foot ten and wore a tile over his shoulder. So you, you know <laughs> that two to that two to four window is like that's prime real estate. <laughs> you you got to be able to take that and take it to the next level. But and they put him in that, and I was like, no, this ain't it. But Bram is, he's neither hot nor cold. And, and Ross said he ain't the guy. No, nah, no. Nah. But I'm going to say it. I wouldn't mind Sheehan doing the games. I wouldn't mind him doing color. I, I, I'm a Kevin Sheehan guy. Damn, did you run away? Are you leaving? <laughs> I didn't leave. I, I, just, I just had to make a face. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want that face on end. <laughs> I'm a Kevin Sheen guy, so I, I like Sheen. I've always liked Sheen. Anytime I get up at six o'clock in the morning to listen to you, that's good. Uh, Raw say they may blow everybody out. Uh, next year will be a, a, the overhaul for everything. I believe that too. I believe that when you when, okay, when we're talking broadcast booth. Of course, you want to go get former players, but I'm I always wonder why they never gave Thiesman a chance. Why they get never gave Thiesman a chance to do, uh, to do um regular season games as color. He does the preseason. Um, honestly, I I can't answer that. Um, I just don't. I don't know. I just wasn't a Joe guy. I loved him with Mike Patrick, but I felt like towards the end, maybe it's a travel for Joe. You never know. It might be more of a Joe thing than it is a, um, a what's the word I'm looking for? Then a Redskins thing. You know, it might be something where, you know, because Sonny was in the booth and maybe him and Sonny, it's, there's, there's a myriad of ways of things that could have affected this. Um, maybe he doesn't want to do that every weekend. You know that's a that's a commitment. You're going into to a town on a Friday, uh, maybe a Saturday morning when the team goes out, and you're there till they come back. Well, I'll say this, and Ross said, uh, "I meant that when Ben said the smartest guy in the room." So I think he's talking about um, he ain't that guy. Yeah, Ron ain't that guy. Uh, <laughs> Or uh, what's his what, what's his face? Uh, this new guy, and he says, uh, I think that may be on the table. So, yeah, I'm uh, oh, Bram ain't that Bram guy. Ain't that guy. Okay, Bram ain't that guy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm I'm looking up something real quick. Uh. We're talking about Joe, Joe Theismann. And I, I think Joe Theismann being on the table, that that would be pretty good. Uh, you don't think Joe's at that age where, I mean, it's like he's kind of the age where maybe he lost his, his fastball a little bit. Because, um, I mean, he was okay at the end towards his TV part. But I don't know. I think I think you got to get um, – I mean, I don't like – they talked about B. Mitch. I don't like B. Mitch. I definitely don't like Doc. No offense to Doc. I love Doc, the comments, the the person, the radio host, um, the commentator. I think he just leaves too much on the table for me. 
Um, he get he talks about no because every other comment is like you know needing a hero and a carnivore and he's a Wolverine and he's a this and that but he doesn't always go in depth on the breaking down of the play and and that's the only thing I'll say and I said that the whole time. See, for, for this is what Ross but I loved him in college football. I love him in college. I just don't love him for my team. Ross said for Thiesman doing broadcast may be on the team. <laughs> it is a manhood issue. Yeah, but see the thing with Doc, straight Neanderthal nation. That's all it's see. That's all it is. When he was on the sidelines, number one, everybody would talk to him. Number two, he stuck his nose in the stuff like, yeah, well, I heard this on the sideline. Whether it was visiting a home, I heard this on the sideline. This is what they need to do. This is what they're trying to get done. Doc on the sidelines is Doc on the sidelines, Cooley in the booth. That's it. There it is. Right there. Well, I, I, I can live with that. But the now, question is, has has Josh Harris sent that plane out to Utah State or wherever Cooley is in a shack hugged up uh, with his wife and, like, took a olive branch out there? Because he's going to go to Cooley to get yeah. Cooley back here. Well, well, you know how to how to get that. And uh, Ross says, I like Doc on the sidelines. I do, too. I love Doc on the sidelines. I love Sideline. Doc. Sidelines is perfect. I'm yeah, saying that's what I'm saying on sidelines. Booth, booth I don't want to Okay, so we send it. We send it to Wyoming, wherever it is. You probably got land in this in this crop somewhere. Hopefully, you pick the flat part of it. You know, don't mess up his corn. And you know, well, you know, you go. You gonna have to read the the, the the pregame show. The radio pregame show is gonna have to be redone now because wow. Scott Jackson's going back down south. Okay, that's Scott Jackson. You just throw Earl Forsey in there. And... Do you like anybody? I did. I said. I, didn't I just say Earl Forsey? Do you like anybody? <laughs> I said I like Earl Forsey. Oh I like Doc on the sideline. with all my. I think it's because of me. I'm starting no, to feel real, real, real slighted. I'm no, feeling like heat coming off of that. Here we go. See, the only problem with this is this: he might have other commitments or us. I can't say anything more than that. I just know he might have some other commitments. Oh, get Chris Russell to do pregame. Chris Russell will be too hyped up. <laughs> I love That's Chris. The point. I Chris love Russell Chris. doing pregame. There you go. You get him and Kevin Shane doing pregame. Oh man, you're gonna be ready to put your mouthpiece and run through the daggone tunnel your damn self. And Ross, I know what you know. So yeah. I know what Ross knows. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, but if you, because all this is gonna have to be redone. I, I know the pregame show is gonna have to be redone. You, you can either take what you have, as long as it's not Fred Smoot. I'm fine. See, I would love to see like because of the rambunctious nature of them. I would love to see like Linnell Willingham and Smoot um, leading us up to game time. Or what's the kid? Um, oh my guy, he's my new guy. Um, Toby Altizer, I love, I like him. He's a young cat from um, I don't know where he's. I think he's from Minnesota or Milwaukee. Uh, he does the um, the 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 baseball podcast with Grant Paulson. He's done a couple shows. He does some um, he does does some work on the side. But I would love to see him get a shot. Him maybe a Denton day 
because I think they got to get they got to get some of the younger guys into the mix. So like, yeah, Toby, um, maybe Denton Day get some time and let them get on the mic and Linnell. I think that could be possibly your thing, but they got to start it off with Earl Forsey. Earl Forsey got to be your beginner. Now, here's let me let me let me be let me be uh let me be transparent here. I've heard some things. I've listened to Fred Smoot. He'll make some great points, and his knowledge of the game is awesome. It's great. What I don't like is when this team fails, they make a mistake, he's brushing it off like, well, you know, it's okay because he he, he pulled his peck out and he pissed on the field and got a penalty, but, you know, that wasn't even really a penalty, was it? Yes, Fred, that was a penalty. It was a dumb penalty because he could have went somewhere else. He could have went to the back, pulled Lamar Jackson. Like, he justifies the bad shit sometimes. And I'm like, there's fandom, and then there's delusion. And, you know, fandom and delusion are almost neck and neck, but you can tell delusion a lot better than you can tell fandom sometimes, I guess, if that makes sense. But he justifies the dumb shit, and I don't like that. It's like he doesn't want to offend the people upstairs. Like, if you don't want to offend that, like, look, this was a piss poor performance that we, and we've done this plenty of times. Go back and listen to, if you have the Spotify, iHeart, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, go back and listen to uh, 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 Redskins Rundown. Before it was DC Sports uh, Rundown, it was Redskins Rundown. And we used to rip this team a new one in wins and losses. There was no, well, you know, they gave their best effort and, you know, just time just ran out. They didn't lose. They just ran out of time. Man, fuck all that. Tell the damn truth. Shame the damn devil. Like, the fuck? I'm not going to sit here and justify why we lost 13 to 10 when we had three missed opportunities in the red zone in the final two minutes. I'm not justifying the loss. You didn't run out of time. You fucking fumbled the dang old bag. That's the fuck you did. Call it what it is. He does not do that. Tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. I just, I can't. I be, I be, I be saying, son. I be saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I can't. Like I can't take that. That's why. I know. Oh. You come to Fred Smooth. Put Fred Smooth on TV. Put him on TV. TV. He's on TV right now. It's him. Who is it? It's him. Actually, you know who might start getting some some more bump. You know what he does is um. Chick Hernandez. Yes, Mr. Chick. If Mr. Chick Hernandez is health. If his health can keep up, I wouldn't be I wouldn't like maybe he, he comes in on the mornings with this on a Sunday morning show with um B Mitch. You know, all that stuff is gonna have a flow and you I don't know if everybody's staying and how that's gonna go, but yeah, that coverage is I think they have one of the better pregame shows for a team. Yes, um, I agree. So so and they cover everything. Um, the only thing I don't like is the fact that we got Tory Smith on there because he 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 don't belong. He's a but he's a Maryland guy. He's don't a mind. Ravens guy, but he's a Maryland guy. You said, you said he's a what? He's a he's Ravens a, guy. Okay, okay, bye bye, bye bye. <laughs> he gotta go. He gotta go to CSN Sportsnet Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He gotta go up there. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But that see, this is why I love. 
when uh it was Comcast Sportsnet, but it was it NBC, NBC Washington? Yeah, NBC Sports Washington. Yeah, and soon it's gonna become uh, monumental. Monumental. Uh, and Ross say that's why, that's why I like Chris. He tells it like it is. Yes, and that that's the best part. Uh, having B Mitch on your halftime and your post game show. Now he's not with NBC Sports Washington anymore, but having him on those two, when something was wrong, you knew something was wrong. Because the the, the, the the ball guy went off, and when he went off, yeah, I, Beamish went off after a loss one time, and it made national news. But when he went off, I watched it live, and I sat there with my hand my head down, like I just played the game and I lost the game. I felt bad. My wife was like, "What's wrong with you?" I was like, "I gotta go put my shoes on and run laps." Yeah. Like, have a performance like this no more. That's how Beamish got to me. I was like, I gotta go run laps. She was like, "You're okay." I was like, "No, nah, I gotta go run laps." You hear how he just ripped them? Like, I gotta go run laps. My fandom wasn't up where it needed to be. I didn't cheer them on hard enough. I gotta go run laps. But I get it. And Ross says about Tory Smith, he's not family, not at all. It is no, not family. I mean, he, he he's a turp. I'll give him that. He's a turp. But when it comes to this commander's Family dynamic, yeah, no, no, no. So but, we gonna do before we before we go on because you just said a turp. You keep saying turp, so you, you're talking to something like towards. I think, let's look at the calendar, see what week zero is, because I think week zero, maybe our Tuesday show is the cutdowns, and Thursday show was a preview of college mm-hmm. football. Okay, so I think that week is. And maybe Ross can look it up for us. But whatever week zero is, I know Colorado. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Colorado goes and plays TCU, which was kind of it's kind of messed up, but it's all good. But yeah, so let's let's get that college preview in. Um, let's highlight. I mean, of course, the Irish, of course, Maryland, and then anything else that sticks out to us. Maybe Georgia or whatever. Let me let me ask you a question. Speaking of college football, and then we'll jump back to this commander's camp. Right. And I'll ask you too, Rose. Do you consider UVA local? I don't consider Virginia Tech local. The only reason Virginia Tech is considered local is because there's a bunch of people in this area with money that went to Virginia Tech. And they were able to get them pushed onto the radio. Because we should if I mean it's just not close, and I don't. I hope Eric Will is not listening because that's a whole rant for him. He could come on and give you thirty minutes just on on why it doesn't make sense. Well, I, that's why I asked because when we talk, you talk local football, and, local hoops. Ooh. You talk that, and it's always okay. You got you talk, of course, Maryland, Georgetown. Those are your two big dogs. You talk uh, American. When you talk of hoops, you talk American. Uh, sometimes you'll hear UDC, Howard. Um, but then you start talking Virginia, Virginia Tech. And I'm like, well, Blacksburg is, what, four hours away? Right. But but Tech has enough. But see, Tech, Tech is on 106.7 because they have a big enough following that they made it make sense for 106.7 to, to plug their stuff and put their information on. Because this is at the height of Beamer Ball and all that. So, yeah, Tech got on, and 
and 1067 saw the value in it. Once they saw the value, they just ran with it. And tech is on for football season and for basketball, if I believe. So yeah. But now here's the crazy part. As far as we're we're 18 hours driving away from Florida, away from Florida State. Excuse me. Oh, we're 18 hours away. But I remember early 90s, never missing a Notre Dame game and never missing a Florida State game. Well, you got remember network. So, and it wasn't a network. It was just a block of games that they were showing to be all ACC. So you had Maryland. You had uh, that was the um, Jefferson, Jefferson the Jefferson yes. Sports. Yes, that's what it was called. Yeah, and it, it, it was never it never came in quite clear. <laughs> no, nah, Jefferson Sports. If you went to like fifty or um twenty, one of those two, they would play the Jefferson Sport game of the week. Yeah, you could watch. That's how I would watch my ACC teams, um, or the ACC teams, I should say. Um, on Saturday mornings, yeah, and I forget the guy, but it's Mike something, the um longtime commentator. He's probably retired now, but it was him, and then he'd have Doc on certain weeks. So yeah, yeah. Let's get back yeah. into the big leagues. Here's the question number one of the night. We're talking Commanders camp. Three players in camp right now that you have your eye on. I'm going first, or are we doing this? Yeah, I'll let you go first. I'll go first on the next question. Okay. So, number one for me, and this is – I'm just going to go ahead and take the layup, and that's going to be Sam Howell. Uh, I just want to see how the kid progresses, um, what he does. I mean, we're going to get a report every day um, from all the people that are out there. I mean, it, it seems like you can't name a D.C. radio person that isn't at um, training camp. So you get it for every show, you get a breakdown on them. So I want to just kind of see how that flows. And of course, I think the big day for him is that that um, scrimmage with the with the Ravens. And we see how that plays out. And I think that's going to have a determining factor in if he's the starter week one or if he's sitting on the bench watching Jacoby Brissett. Number two, and this is my guy off the beaten path, um, a guy that you didn't think about when we're doing cut downs, but it's Milo Eifler. The kid is super fast, um, super crazy athletic. Uh, he's like your fifth linebacker, maybe, uh, maybe your fourth. And the reason I want to see what he does, because I think he can get in position. So maybe he's the fourth linebacker and we're not using David Mayo as much. And we're using his athleticism to get across the field. I think at times this team has taken the smarter guy or the guy that they feel like won't mess up over the guy that's just more athletic and better. And I think that's the only reason David Mayo plays is because they know he's going to be in X spot when X is happening. Now he might not get to the play, but he'll be there. He'll at least be close by. And I think this team has to kind of change some of that mentality and like let some of these guys learn and let some of these guys make their mistakes because you got time to guys on this field. I mean, that special teams unit is special, um, especially kickoff and punt return because, I mean, punt coverage because they get down the field and they put pounding on people. They hit. So I definitely, that's that's my number two guy. And number three is probably another slam dunk layup kind of guy, but it's for Darian Mathis. I want to see what the young second round pick can do. 
Um, he came out last year, only got to play the first game, but he was very impressive in the preseason. And I think with him, you know, you got you got um, baby Big Van Vader and um, Ridgeway um, power bombing people. You know, you could have a, a situation where they come out on a series and they're your two tackles, and maybe you bring them in later on. You bring in um, Allen and um, Payne on third down, so they get some little pass rush in. You know, something you can save some legs in the situation. So that's those are my three. I had a different person that too, but as I was thinking about this, I like Eiffel too much. Now, uh, Ross says, Casimir Allen, kicker, kick, kick, he's a kick return, kick return, kicker battle, which he steps up. So, 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 hold up. So, breaking that down, because it's Casimir Allen, the kid out of UCLA, who's a kick returner slash punt returner. He's 5'8", 176. Um, his senior season in high school, he had 72 touchdowns. Um, got to UCLA, didn't really play much. Um, but he showed explosiveness on kick kick returns. Um, we don't know if he's a punt returner. Um, kicker battle, he's talking about Badgley and um, what's that guy's name? Um, Joey Slot. So we're going, we got those two. And then, of course, with the tight ends, I mean, I think our tight end group is strong. I think the problem is there isn't a – we're not sure if there's somebody that's dominant because I think Logan's fine. I think Cole Turner's going to be fine. Um, I know what Joey Bates is – or, I'm sorry, Bates, John Bates is. Uh, and what's the other kid? Um, well, you lost to Monty Rogers. He's on IR. Right, you lost Rogers, but there's one more. Uh, Brandon um, Dillon or Curtis Hodges? Curtis Hodges. So I mean, those, these guys are good, but they're no hell henches. So, um, back to our <laughs> okay, G. What are your three players that you're keeping an eye on? <laughs> that knuckleball did not move, did it? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Um, my, my three that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Sam Howe will be the easy choice. Um, But I'm looking defense. I'm looking at Derek Forrest. Now that you got the spotlight, you got the starting role, I want to see what you do. I want to see how well you work along with Cam Curl. Uh, to be honest, Chase Young's another one. I'm watching Chase Young. I want to see how he responds to the movement, the knee. I want to see how that goes. But I also want to see how he fits into this defensive rotation, uh, which we'll get into about positions. I want to see how he fits in this rotation because they were, if I'm not mistaken, a top 10, top five defensive unit while he was out. So I want to see how he fits into that. Uh, offensively, I want to see how Brian Robinson responds. You got a full offseason under your belt. Hopefully, pray to God, nothing happens. And he has a full season. Uh, Ross said, as far as Casimir uh, Island, he set the record with the 72 touchdowns. Um, we sucked at punt returns. I'm glad Mill could catch the ball, but damn, he never have changed. He, he never had changed field position. No, he didn't. He just ran side to side. I prefer Jameson Crowder over him. Like, geez. 
but he catches the football. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson is the offense that unlocks – and in this offense unlocks full potential. We will actually play – He will he actually play a lot of wide receiver? They say he will. That is, They say he will be lined up a lot at wide receiver because he can cause mismatches because they're going to put a linebacker on him, and he's too fast for a linebacker. Uh, second questions. Second question. Uh, three p- positions you feel comfortable or uncomfortable with. Is that an either or? It is an or. Yeah, you put an or in there. Yeah. I, I wrote it the way you said it. All right. So I'll go with uncomfortable first. I'm uncomfortable with our right tackle. That's Wiley. And the reason I'm uncomfortable, this might be some recency bias. But when I watched quarterback, I just saw I saw Max Crosby eating his lunch and being in um, Patrick Mahomes' face the whole game. I saw guys, like, just get around him, and Pat had to move. Now, maybe it was something on Pat because Pat had held the football too long. You never know because, you know, I'm sitting at home. I don't have a call in my ear. I don't know what the hot is or whatever is going on. So, but, but Wiley, I will truly say watching that quarterback show, I came away concerned about Wally. Um, I'm comfortable with Cam Curl. I think Cam Curl is the glue. Um, I think he's going to be somebody that just, as this goes along, he's going to show you he's worth being your next superstar on this team. (laughs) And you got him in the seventh round. Uncomfortable punt return mm. because yes, Mill catches the ball. Then you got question marks. You know, you got um. We, actually, this might be a place where Byron Pringle comes into play because he we signed him this week, so maybe he's a punt returner slash kick returner. He gets some of that 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 um playing time. You know, do you put you're not gonna put Gibson back on returns, punt returns, but maybe Gibson's your your kickoff return. Like, you know, certain things in that return game was gonna be an interesting element. So I think that's my comfortable and uncomfortable. Uh Ross says uh it happened quite a bit with Wiley. Yeah. Uh Somebody, I don't know who said it. They were talking about, I think it was best offensive line. Uh, they were putting the best team together under Snyder, and they had Chris Chester as like the left tackle, the left guard. And I said, How the fuck do you have Chris Chester? He was a revolving door when he was here. Chris Chester used to back up, ole, all day long. All day long. He was a revolving door. How do you have Chris Chester? Anywhere in the last 23 years at guard. It's not Columbus. Who's the other guy? There's a tackle. And I you literally know, um God, I just had I just had his name. It's not Stephen Heyer. It's another tackle slash guard that I had the same feeling about. You know, yeah, I think like Ty and Secchi, are you? Ty and Secchi. 
No. And Saki was good until you put him you put him on the wrong side. And then once you put him to the wrong side, he got exposed against Dallas. And I think he was just a left. He wasn't a right, if if my memory serves me correct. Uh damn, I can't remember his name. Uh, I'm gonna think about it, and it's either gonna end up in the chat, or I'm just gonna blurt it out loud and <laughs> just come out of nowhere. Hey, wait! <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as comfortable, I'm comfortable with our wide receiver room. Okay. I uh, Derek Dockery. No. Mm. He played on the Shanahan though. It's on the Shanahan, it's a. No offense, but it's a big white dude. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Oh my God, Corey Lichtensteiner? No, Corey's the guard. Yeah, so was Ty. I think it's I think his number was like sixty six or sixty seven. Tom Compton. Thank you, Tom Compton. Here we go. (laughs) I literally have I have Tom Compton. And I got a meme with the dude from the airport with the with the things doing this. Compton Compton was better at center. I didn't like him at guard. So Compton played tackle. He was he better. At, I think I think they started him at guard once because he was some revolving door. But I liked him at center. He played center for a game and did up pretty good. But I was like, all right, leave him there. I wasn't a fan. That's the wrong. Will Compton, I was a fan of. Tom Compton, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Compton, I, I love Will Compton. But um, comfortable with the receiver room. I think we got a lot of talent. Uh, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Uh, Dayami Brown in the slot, maybe. Uh, I'm just looking. You still got Curtis Samuel. Like, man, we, we got such a young room. And then looking at the guys that we have in this room, pretty much all of them are organically grown. They're all draft picks here. They've never played in another team. So so the the room is fine. I think the room has – they've set the room up for enough of a replacement. So hopefully you're thinking Deami takes a, a step and then you don't have to pay Curtis – top five receiver money or top 10 receiver money because that market has changed. So yeah. you don't bring him back after this season. Um, Jahan becomes your standalone two. And then, yeah, your three years um, is the army if he steps up. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not <laughs> taking anything away from Curtis Samuel, but I know Curtis Samuel, for the amount of – he's been here. This is going into year three here, Right. Mm-hmm. If we're going into year three, in the last two years, my guy has been available for a total of – he started 13 games since he's been here. And only he's only been available for a total of 22 games out of a possible 34. That should be 33. Because the year before, you're right. It, it was 17. 16, so it was 16, yeah, 16 17 games. So he 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 has a yeah, yeah. He has a durability, 
But hopefully that changes because the training staff changes and, you know, maybe we'll bring back Bubba Tire. No, 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 no. We'll be no, okay. No, no, no. You got to go forward. You got to move younger. We need, like, maybe Bubba Tire, the third or the fourth, can be the trainer, but not Bubba. Okay, how about this? How about you bring in this new training staff and you let Bubba Tire just sit there and just be a part of it? Because we didn't have these type of injuries when Bubba was running stuff. We didn't have but, but, you know what, but, but the staff has been a problem since, what, the mid-'90s? Because yes. if, you, if you tell, what's his name, Robert Henson and guys like that, there's a lot of guys that blame this training staff or these training people um, about or for their injuries and for their issues. So, yeah, now, so, yeah I mean. One player that does not blame the training staff, and that's Tim Hightower. He blames himself. That he didn't come back one time. He said, "I tried to go too hard." Well, Tim's other issue was just Tim had like, like two or three of the worst knee injuries you could have. Like when you watched them, they just didn't look good. I so, you. so yeah. Uh, but tight. Uh, Let's get into Ross's. I like Ross's comment under the uh, doctor. Uh, his concerns with quarterback, a cornerback until proven otherwise, kicker and offensive line. Um, I don't please explain to me why you got a problem with kicker. I think Sly is pretty good for what he is. So, Sly Miss, I already know the answer to this, um, because he listens to Chris. So, he's gonna tell you that Sly missed four extra points, and I think he missed a couple kicks during the season. So, it, it, the extra points in a league like this is where it hurts you. That's where, where Badgley comes in. And where Bagley kind of has an advantage because Bagley was perfect on his extra points, but I think he missed four field goals last year, and they were all over fifty yards. So that's okay. the Ross Rudder slash Chris Russell answer to this to this equation. Now, corner, I understand because you got to figure out where you're playing these guys. Right. I don't think uh, God Kendall Fuller. I don't think Kendall Fuller plays outside this year. I think he plays slot. I think he's a nickel slash dime guy. I just don't think he has the wheels anymore. So, I think he has to be outside and and play. I think he's the a good thirds corner or whatever we play that matchup. But I don't think he's mm, – he can't be in that slot. Now, looking at the cornerbacks, Troy Apke, uh, Tariq Castro-Fields, Demarcus Fields, Emmanuel Forbes, Kendall Fuller, Christian Holmes, Danny Johnson. Danny Johnson's special team guy. That's your special team captain. Uh, Can't be your captain with Revo. What do you mean? Danny Johnson's always your special team's captain. Ever since DeShazer Everett left. Nah, Revo's the, the special team's captain. What? Jeremy Reeves? The guy that went to the, that was the old I pro? Know, but he, no. It's always been Danny Johnson. What happened? It's always been DeShazer and Danny. All right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll save that for off here. <laughs> no, don't we get me wrong. We got to show a lot of front in front of the kids. <laughs> I'm I'm not taking anything from Reeves. Reeves Reeves is a special teams guy too, so I'm not taking anything from him. But you know he's a safety. But Danny Johnson is just that's what he is. You don't see Danny Johnson cut. But eh, off here, off here, off here. All right, off um, Saint Juice, Sturgis, Whiteside, uh, Wild Goose. Those are your corners i don't see and i'm gonna say this and i know i probably get a, a text a phone call or something 
I don't see Troy Apke making this team this year. I believe this will be Troy Apke's last uh, camp in Burgundy and Gold. I think I think as long as he can come back as a um, what is the word um, practice squad player, I think he's going to be around. Um, I think it's Holmes, and this is my way too early prediction. Holmes, Danny Johnson, the three starters, and if you keep a six, it's Wildlands. Okay. Uh, Ross says uh, Bagley's leg isn't as strong and his kickoffs are short. That's where Joey Sly comes in. Right, but you're not keeping two kickers on this roster. No, just, hell no. no, no, no. I mean, this ain't Madden, you know, where you think your kicker's bad and then you draft a kicker and the kicker's worse than the kicker that you got, but you got him signed to a, a deal and you forget to put him on the practice squad and you carrying two kickers during the week. So, yeah, this is this is none of that. No, nah, no, nah, this is none of that. Then your practice squad filled with real guys that's really, really good. Just dumb mistakes I've made in the past. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, Ross, his fullest hasn't been the same since he came back from the Chiefs. I agree with that. I think he wasn't the same when he got to the Chiefs. Because, you know, the Chiefs started using them in that hybrid safety safety corner thing. Then yeah. he started playing some slot. And then that's kind of where it it kind of ended with him for them. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with Ross. Uh, one of my uncomfortables is the offensive line. Because I don't know how it's going to shake out. And looking at the offensive line, like I like to build from the inside, in, from the outside in. I don't know. Sadiq Charles, I don't know how to take him. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know who we're going to see. Uh, I think, so uh, my, my my thought is, I think, worst case scenario for, for the way this plays out is Sadiq Charles plays three or four games, gets hurt, and then it's Chris Moore's job the rest of the season. Um, I think Cosby shines inside the guard. Our question has become tackle and what's Nick Gates at center? Because that, that that's another thing. With Chase Rouye retiring, uh, who's going to be the pivot man? Because I'm looking at left tackle. I'm saying, do you put Leno on, at, at left and yeah, Lucas Leno, at right? Leno's your best tackle, your best player. Yeah, I believe it. And then uh, you got Wally at the right tackle, and then you got Cosme. Gates and um Charles to start the season. So where does that leave Lucas as a swing tackle? Yeah, that's always been his job. That's the only job he's good for. You don't want you don't if, if you're stuck with Cornelius Lucas playing 16, 17 games at tackle for you, you got problems. Okay, so I'm uncomfortable with the offensive line. Uh my third position that I'm uncomfortable with. Is the linebackers okay? And I say that because Cody Barton, Jamin Davis, Milo Efler, Farrick Gardner, Ejon Harris, Kalik Hudson, David Mayo. It's a name missing out of there that was my dog at middle linebacker. He was my starting middle linebacker on every lineup that I've done for the past three years, and that's Cole Hogan. Not having – and when he was out, you could see that the linebackers were suffering. But once uh, 
Sam Mills was relieved of his duties on the defense as defensive line coach, and Jeff Zagania took over. You saw a different feel with things, and it seemed like they played with more instinct and they played a little bit better down the stretch. But I'm concerned because I'm afraid. Let's just say that. And uh, Raw says Tressway was a special teams captain last year. Jeremy Reeves was an alternate. Tressway, let's just go ahead and say it now. Best punter in the business. Tressway, that's crazy. We got the best kicker and the best punter in the same state. Damn, that's okay. crazy. You thought I was going to go somewhere else, wasn't you? You thought no, I was going to be a fanboy for Joey Sly. I was worried about that at first. <laughs> nah, but you got Justin Tucker up the road, up 295 as uh, the best kicker in the NFL. And you got Joey Sly. I'm sorry. You got Tressway as the best punter. Um, But looking over this whole thing. So as you were talking about um, your man, Cole Holcomb. I felt like you, you, wanted, you had a climax moment. And you just wanted to sing it. You, you can sing along if you want, bruh. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to tell you something, because I thought she was going totally different. I thought she was playing Cisco for a second. I, 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 <laughs> I'm about to say... What, what, <laughs> like I, wait, wait, wait. I, I thought when you said sing it, I was like, "What am I supposed to sing?" Hold myself time and time again. <laughs> no, no, no. See, I thought you was going somewhere else. Nah, you called me the the, 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 the biggest climax fan in the world. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, hey, don't lie, don't laugh at me. But I was riding down two ninety five, listening to meeting in the ladies' room. Hey, so. man. I was balling too. I think I was doing like 80 trying to get home and that chain. Ah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know what I can't I can't like listen I to that shit. I can't listen to Mike J. Like in the morning. They they play that Friday morning mix. Mm. And I was on I was on the Beltway doing 85 going to work one morning. I was like, yeah, I can't listen to Mike J. Nope. And yet it's true. Your music will dictate how fast you drive. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, if I'm listening, if I'm laid back and I'm listening to R&B, we're going to cruise. But if I got that Lil John cranked up, I got Nipsey playing. I even, if I even throw a little Nas X on, I'm listening to Panini. Well, yeah, we about to ride. We about to really ride. Uh, I like none of those. You've never heard Panini before? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm sorry. Hit the Ross comment. <laughs> you never heard. I'll send that to you later. Don't worry about it. Uh, linebacker still available. Zach Cunningham, Damian Wilson, Miles Jack, Deion Jones, and Keon Alexander. So, mm. Zach Cunningham, the Vanderbilt kid, played for Houston. I think the only problem with him is I think his legs are gone. Um, mm. He's still smart, but his legs don't keep up with his, with his mental. Miles Jack just never became what he was supposed to be. Deion Jones is a thumper. Keon Alexander, I can't remember off the top of my head. But his name sounds, oh, is that the Tampa guy, I think? Um, so you know he's fast, but I don't, uh, and Damian Wilson, this team isn't going to invest. And I'm, I'm going to say this now. 
they're not they don't care about linebacker um enough to invest in picking up a linebacker they're going to rival what they have and let and see how it plays out because they're going to believe that if they go with their five linemen with Ridgeway or Martin in the middle um and their front four their four first rounders they can they can basically supplement what the linebacker or a third linebacker could do with their formation so i'm not even i don't I don't know why we even try to keep adding linebackers to the team because they just don't want to do it. Sorry. I don't even know where to start because I we talk about identity and we talk about not having an identity. That's something that you always say when you say from the first time you said that. I've always looked and was like, yeah, we don't have an identity. When it comes to linebacker, we don't – You maybe it's me holding on to the past too much, but we had an identity with Fred Stokes, Wilbur Marshall, uh, 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 who am I leaving out? Um, Jeez. I'm, oh, he's my middle linebacker. He's talking about Kirk Govea. Yes. Andre Collins. He's talking about Wilbur yes. Marshall. You're talking about yes. Rich Malott, Neil Okowitz, Mel Kaufman, Monty Coleman. Um, you're talking in the bad years. You're talking Marcus Washington. Um, you're talking London Fletcher. You're talking um, who else can I not think of? Uh, oh, you think about you think about Terry Crews, Marcus yeah. Patton. Um, uh, what's my guy? Well, Nico Noga was a lineman. Um, uh, Leonard, what's the dude they signed from Seattle? Leonard. Um, uh, what was Leonard's last name? It's not, it may be Simmons. I might be wrong on that, but they signed him out of Seattle like early 90s. Um, oh, the Jeremiah Trotter years. Um, I'm sorry, that's all the linebackers I can think of. And, I, and then, but then you go to the outside, we don't have a Ken Harvey, and Ken Harvey did it for the longest. Like, I forgot. I, I, Ken Harvey is a dude that he was in Washington so long. I forgot he even played in Arizona. Well, Phoenix. Mm. Like I, I, think, I think he was on. He was he him and like it's like him, Roy Green, Stump Mitchell, OJ Anderson, and Jay Novacek. When they played with the Cardinals, they had their best games against us. Yes. Yes. And I, I just I, I think about that and I'm like, damn. So okay. let's, let's we don't have a, I, 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 uh, we don't have a identity, identity point. Um, so linebacker, that's why linebackers are concerned to me because if you look at all those linebackers I named, I think Jamin Davis is the best out of the bunch. Right. So he shot straight to the top. Um, Ross said Coleman was a dog. Loved that guy. I did too. I was a big Monty Coleman fan. Like the huge Monty Coleman fan. Um so let's, rappers, what, go ahead. No, no, so let's let's talk about the I don't know, you've seen the sites at training camp. So let's yes. talk about that real quick and then let's leave out because I want to drop two things on the US women's soccer game from last night. Well, the sites, uh the turnout was great. Uh the pop from the crowd. Like, I wanted to play New Day by Patti LaBelle. Because it's, it's like we, we, it's like, 
have you ever seen that skit where the chick didn't want to go through a breakup because Patty LaBelle would always show yeah, up? Yeah, 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 that's my choice. That's what we're going through right now. Right, right. right. Patty LaBelle is getting ready to pop out and start singing. She get ready to sing on my own. Right. That's what Patty LaBelle getting ready to do. Because we just went through a nasty breakup. We just got out of a 23-year toxic relationship. And now everybody's, you, your family's starting to come back around. You sing it, Patty LaBelle. Huh? I said, because you can talk to him now. Yeah, you can talk oh, to him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the family's starting to get back together. It's a new day. The sun's brighter. Pork bellies are up. The birds are singing. The sun's coming up every day. Like, we just got, it's like a new atmosphere out there at the park. You know, you, people that were dogging out because, oh, they put bleaches up. Oh, they did that 20 years ago. Yeah, we haven't had bleaches in 20 years. People were bringing lawn chairs and sitting on the grass. No more. No more. You got bleachers out there. You got a, and there's nowhere to sit. You are shoulder to shoulder, but the atmosphere is so high. I love it. Just the way it feels like I can't wait until the season starts. I haven't been this excited since I was a kid. Getting excited for training camp and writing letters to training camp. I remember I used to write a letter a week to Richie Pettibone in 93. Don't know if he ever got him. I wrote him a letter a week saying one day I can't wait because I'm going to play for you one time. And, and I'm going to show you that I learned all of this and I'm going to coach on your coaching staff and all this. I wrote Richie Pettibone a letter a week during training camp in 93. But th I'm that excited. Nah, I love that, man. I that's love it. that's how I, like I'm not, I'm not gonna write Ron Rivera a letter every week. I might, I might tweet him every week, but I ain't gonna write him a letter every week. But still, so nah, I think I and think if you if you bleaches, just just do one thing as you look at the bleaches though. Look at everything around the bleaches. Okay, not not the people, not the people, but it's some things on the bleaches at the base of the bleaches. Is it all? Is it the advertising? There you go, my friend. Yeah, I did there see a lot of that. I saw a lot, lot of stickers on that thing. Uh, um, and those stickers weren't some of those stickers weren't there before. Like I tell people before, if if you, I'm kicking myself because I should have applied to Ashburn like three weeks ago, and got me a job because my sales numbers would be through the roof. Well, because you can't. You, I mean, if you're going over here to date. You're gonna crush you today, and if they're man, I don't know how. I don't know who's running this show, but if they're not smart enough to catch that, like you can't pay people bonuses off of year year to date performances for that team because it's gonna be so ridiculous, so ridiculous. But the, the thing I loved was they showed a picture on on um, Twitter, and if you can find it or if I find it, we're gonna post it to the sideline junkies account, but. Two of the biggest changes is, of course, the team store. Uh, actually, three. Um, where the broadcast people sit in their they're actually air conditioned tents. The team store is an actual team store with air conditioning. Mm. There's food trucks out there. Um, there's actually people out there, which is more important than anything else. And I think Saturday, like the pictures we're gonna get from Saturday, it's going to be a show and and i think the biggest complaint is going to be traffic but i don't think people are even going to care 
because they're going to be celebrating this team um, and in this moment, loving this moment. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be fun times, man. It's going to be a thing where you can see a whole bunch of burgundy and gold, whether it says Redskins or not. I don't even think people are going to care that it says Redskins anymore. Now, that's not saying I think they're going to go back to the name Redskins. I think if you wear burgundy and gold, people going to give you a high five because you're wearing burgundy and gold. Yep. And that's how it used to be. You remember this? I know you remember. I ain't, ain't got to ask you because it's one of your favorite movies. In Major League, when they started winning, yeah, and the two girls were walking down the street, and the dude was walking down the street, and they kind of looked at each other, and it was just like a, a silent conversation. Right. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be these silent conversations, but it's going to walk by. I don't even think it's going to be silent because this place was never silent about that. No. Like, if you if you was a like yeah, that's my team too. You know what I'm saying? You go in a bar, you got that on the guy beside you might buy you a beer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is we're walking back in, in in like I don't know how you can say it, but it's like we're going back into the golden ages almost. It's like um it's definitely a rebirth, but I would almost say like if all right, so you seen Gladiator, and this is gonna be a character change, and I know we gotta start wrapping this up. But if Max, if you think about Maximus ever entering Rome with the same pomp and circumstance that Commodus did when he came back from war, how he comes in on the horse, drawn carriage, and he sits there, like if, like this is if Maximus did this and how that reaction would be, like that place would be packed. It'd be like perfect example. It'd be the Colosseum. And everybody going Maximus. Like Josh Harris right now is Maximus. I'm going to say something. And we're going to save it for Sunday. If Josh Harris pulls this off, he will leapfrog. He's already above. George Preston Marshall. And we're talking owners of the Washington franchise. He's already above George Preston Marshall. He's creeping slowly but surely every day past Daniel Snyder. He's going to leapfrog Edward Bennett Williams. <laughs> and <laughs> Ross already said it. He knew where I was going. He's going to be right next to Cook if he gets them back to the RFK site. But we'll talk about that on Sunday. And that new development, we'll talk about that on Sunday. Okay. But uh, Ross says he's all in. There you go. That's all I want to hear. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say this. Don't know for sure. I don't know if we're doing a preseason game and a regular season game this season. But I know I got a regular season game in me. And I like to go post-October. I like to go when it's cool outside. You know? So we we get that together because – I'm, I'm, we haven't forgot about the ribs and all of that. We're trying to do that before it, it's just hot. <laughs> it's hot. That's all. It's hot. But the ribs and a game in October, November, we all get together for that in that 400 section. Oh my God. <sighs> and I've only, I've only been to one game where they lost. Two. Titans game is one. They, yeah, they did lose the Titan game. So it was a Titans game. The tight no three. 
because they lost the Houston game too when they um, when Alex Smith got hurt. We was at that game, Titans game, and that Rams game. So those are the three losses that I have on my resume as a Washington fan in the building. Before that, before that dang on uh, Rams game, they had never lost in the building. Like even Notre Dame won there. And mm-hmm. another story for another time. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. What you got with the women's national team? No, I just think last night as I watched it, um, they allowed the Netherlands to dictate tempo. I think the Netherlands had possession 58 or 59% of the game. Um, the refereeing wasn't great. I'll give them that. And probably some of the some of the glitches in the game was part of that. But part of it felt like they just seemed disjointed. Like maybe this is the maybe this is their version of rebuilding. Um, or like reshaping the chairs on the deck because you you lose um, some of the stalwarts from the past. I think like Rapino is is playing, but she doesn't play a lot. You know, you're mixing in the Rodmans, the Samantha Smiths of the world. I think that's her first name, Samantha. Um, but you're mixing a lot of younger players now, and they're starting to go through this transition. And like last night when I watched the first half. <clears throat> I watched the team that just didn't like they were pressing and it was, they were pressing to the point where they would take bad angles to the soccer ball and they gave the Netherlands um, the ability to cover more ground and keep possession much longer. Now the, the U S did have um, when, when teams do corner kicks, they're called set pieces. So they did, they had some set pieces that they had success on one that scored their goal. There's another one that they got really close to and, um, the U.S. is pretty good at this. But right now we need the U.S. to get past Portugal so they can get the next round. And I don't know, maybe they get to the semis, but I don't know how far this team goes. I don't think they're they're I don't think they're elite enough to be finals. But again, we're we're talking about a team that's playing multiple games, finding together for not the first time, but it's it's gonna be interesting how they gel. You but You button one, me none. Uh, you just enlightened me to something new. So, what? I I didn't know you watch women's soccer. I watch. If it says you, all right. So here's the thing. I watch. If there's not many sports I don't watch, but the second you throw USA across that chest, I watch just about anything. Like I'll watch. I I'll, I don't watch many of the Olympic sports, but yeah. But I'm in the soccer because I watched the men's and like the men's World Cup. I also gambled the whole time because that's when Fandu like first got started. So yeah, um, we was gambling every day on on the World Cup. But yeah, no, nah, it's I I watch soccer. I'll watch basketball, baseball, um, football, whatever. I, I watch a lot of stuff. Okay, and I and I keep enough good people around me that when I have questions, I ask questions and they explain it to me. All right. Well, it's Thursday. The next time you'll see this lovely face will be Saturday when the WrestleManiacs come with a SummerSlam pick show. So that pretty title belt that you saw will be on the line. Uh, I had promised that I would bring it back home in two weeks. So I'm going to get my picks together so I can bring the title back home. Uh, you, should, you should show that um, on Sunday. What? Show, show what? The belt. 
Oh, I, I, I had to get pictures from, from the newbie and Sumo because it's in his possession now. I thought Jai had two. Don got one. Ah, that's who Don has like one it. in uh, South Carolina. Okay. So he has he has one, and then you know we got that one. Then we got the pass back and forth. And then I was looking at a fantasy football trophy for myself. Like you know, I want to treat myself for winning last year. You know, it's a tall joint ball, yay big, mm-hmm. black football on top with black jewels and everything. I was like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I'll, I think I'll make that for myself. But anyway, uh, we got that coming up on Saturday. Sunday, we'll talk about this relocation of uh, the Washington Commanders and what was said today uh, mm-hmm. that may be pushing forward. And, you know, who's the third man? It was Snyder all along. We'll, we'll talk about that, too. So, four. Let me see if I get it right this time. Wait, I got to get yeah, let's go that way. Yeah, almost, for that guy, the Midnight Rider. And that guy. <laughs> the big guy, KG. And for Ross, sitting at home, chilling. Yeah, we got to get him on screen one time. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, thanks, guys. Highlight of my day. Hail to the Redskins. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course. Thank you, Ross, for joining us. So let, let, let's try it again. For the Midnight Rider, I'm the big guy, KG. For Ross sitting at home, we are the sideline junkies. We don't do no overtime, baby. We are out of here. It's called